USMNT take care of business against Jamaica in a 4-1 friendly win. We also discuss with Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce what's coming up for the USMNT later this weekend against Northern Ireland. And we have our weekend preview as well as we look ahead to UEFA World Cup qualifiers and so much more. We give you betting tips and a really special parlay that you'll really want to listen to. Golazo begins right now. The USMNT get the job done against the reggae boys. We got Jimmy Conrad in the house. Heath Pierce in the house. Jimmy, what's up, man? What's up? I'm excited. Good performance. We won 4-1. And there's a lot to talk about, both good and not too much bad, but uh, we can get into it. Absolutely. Heath, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I've got a cramp right now in my side, and I don't know how to diagnose it. I'm hoping it's dehydration, but otherwise, you know, good result from the U.S., and I'm excited to talk about it. The second time you're cramping on me, man. Third time, yeah. and third time, and I got to call someone. The leg cramp, I get that. That's from actually, like, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely dehydrated, and I worked out too hard, and I put my leg to see how far under my chair I could put it, and that's going to cause a cramp. And now it's like a habit to keep trying to see if it's going to cause it again. This is just out of nowhere. Also, probably, I should probably take a look at all of this at some point, you know? Man, you're just always so injury. Thank thank God you're pretty, man, because I swear to God. Like, <laughs> all right, everybody. USMNT against Jamaica. As Jimmy said, 4-1. 4-1 to the American boys. Jimmy, give me your just initial reaction on the game. My initial reaction was, and I'm always looking through a defensive player defender perspective through the lens of that uh we gave up too easy of a goal too easy of a goal i i, I chris richards i wanted to see him start instead of aaron long because i know what aaron long can bring aaron long did start it was solid no problems there uh, chris richards comes in at halftime and i thought he could have done a little bit better tracking the run maybe a little bit just recognizing the danger a little bit quicker there were other issues along it that that aside i thought we were pretty good uh going forward i thought that we committed numbers it took us a while maybe 15 20 minutes to get into the game but once we did once jamaica ran out of their first wind and they they couldn't really breathe anymore because i don't think they're in top shape uh and i know some of our players aren't either but i thought that uh then we took control of the game and it was just a matter of time to get some goals and and i know that heath predicted a 3-0 win i think uh you and me luis we said that uh, both teams were going to score the u.s were going to win so we hit that one baby let's go i will say though that uh the better team won we were the better team and and I feel like we need tougher opponents. I mean, that's kind of my big takeaway too, is I want to see us try to break down teams that uh, won't get tired after 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Heath, how about you? Initial reactions on this win, on this victory? Yeah, overall positive. I think there's so many good things to take from this game. Uh, obviously, again, the hardest part is like all we want every time this international break is like somebody challenge us. We know how good this team could potentially be. We know how potentially deep they are. We know the quality and the youth and all these things, but we want to be challenged. Like somebody come after us and we haven't had that yet. So we tend to, to, to see that we had 20 plus shots dictated sort of the flow of the play. We're never really threatened again on Jimmy's point around the, the goal against that's a little bit alarming. I think, you know, Reggie Cannon did a good job of slowing the play down, but as soon as you have those recoveries behind you, you have to step in and tighten up on the guy not allow him a free pass. But you know, there's a lot of positives that I, that I look forward to, to taking from that. Most notably, just the fact that right off the top that that with 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 uh, Pulisic, it's a weird new national team. And the fact that if you go back two years, three years, four years, three years, even every time we got the ball, we were like, get it to Pulisic because he's the only one that's going to do something. He's the only one that really has the capability to create magic in, in, in a time that we're really bad. 
now if you look around, there's a whole bunch of players that want the ball all the time. And you're not looking to just pull, not everything has to go through Pulisic. And that's probably going to be a learning curve for Pulisic, right? That when he wants the ball, he's not going to get it. We see this at the club level with a number of guys we've discussed on this pod in, in the past. Now he's going to have to figure out where he fits into this line because now you have a desk that can do dangerous things. You have Gio Reyna now playing with him that can do dangerous things. You have Eunice Musa, and then you're missing a few of these really top players like Timo Weah and others. So it's it's a new uh, kind of a new dawn that's going to require the old star, even though he's only 22, uh, Christian Pulisic, to, to find a new rhythm within the team, but also start to trust the fact that this is way better. You have all this quality around you, and now you get to find a rhythm in terms of runs, in terms of how you're going to play, in terms of how you're going to combine. And, and yeah, I, I'm excited about where that goes. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, for sure. Jimmy, uh, you know, uh, Heath mentioned Pulisic. I did think at the beginning of the game, the, the game was focused a lot on that left side. Uh, but to Heath's point, then you start bringing in, I mean, that great first opening goal from Serginho Dest. I mean, it helps, uh, you know, when you do that in and out in a, a Barcelona training ground, but you can see it. I mean, that's been the conversation, right? Like these players are not just playing in Europe. They're playing in big teams uh, in Europe and, and that helps. And that quality you could see through against the Jamaica side who obviously was missing players, et cetera, et cetera. But it was a good win. But uh, and any other notes, specifically individual performances? Yeah, I would say excuse me, uh, from a quality, you say quality. I also think it's quality with confidence. It's quality with your mentality. It's, it's, it's quality in how you see the game and, and how comfortable you are under pressure. And I think we see that a lot with Serginho Dest. You can tell that guy is just riding this confidence high, and I love every single minute of it. Uh, to his point, we do have some very special players that aren't named Christian Pulisic, and that's a good problem to have. What also jumped out at me was the fact that we have a lot of guys that can beat people 1v1. And I don't think we had that as consistently, let's say, on both sides of the ball where teams can't really stack up one way or the other. Jamaica did try to stack up Pulisic early on. And then when Gio Reyna got more of the ball, once, uh, you know, Serginho Dest was starting to run into midfield or Leggett or, or Musa or anybody else was coming through, then that allowed some more space for Pulisic to be isolated 1v1. And that guy is so good 1v1, it's ridiculous. Every time I'm like, ah, maybe he's not so sharp. He's so quick in his decision-making, like, People aren't even, they're not even close to him. They can't even get an arm on the guy. That's how much distance he's created when he makes that initial move. The big step, I think, for us as a, as a national team and for Pulisic in particular is what do we do after we beat that first defender? Because now you're drawing the next defender in. So the support runs have to be good. Everybody's got to be thinking the same things. How Do people crash late? I think we saw it very well there in the second half, legit waited for stuff to happen, scores two goals, just kind of doing that Frank Lampard-esque run, coming in late, just slotting some balls in, no big deal. He didn't have to shoot. He just passed them in because everything was set up so nicely. We didn't do that so well. And, and Heath said it earlier on HQ that we seem to get into each other's way, I think, as we were trying to unlock Jamaica in some ways. But once we start to un undo that and we beat that first defender and everybody's thinking the same things, we are really going to be unstoppable. And when you're adding guys bombing forward, whether – Dest is on the left or the right and Anthony Robinson's bombing forward or Reggie Cannon, whoever it is. And then you got Weston McKinney bombing forward, making those late runs. And then Eunice Musa, who I thought was, doesn't get, maybe probably won't get the acclaim he deserves for an 18 year old to sit in the hole and just be solid and be patient is unbelievable. That guy played like he was 30 and had a hundred caps. I was really impressed with Yunus Musa today, just like playing within himself, playing for the team and not saying, Hey, look at me. I can, I can also go box to box and do this stuff too. It was really impressive. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of great performances. And then I know, I just want to say this now, cause I think we're going to move on, but there's a lot of MLS haters out there. And as someone that played 
extensively in MLS, every time I played for the national team, you always kind of had a chip on your shoulder to make sure you could hold your own with the big boys over quote unquote Europe. But what I learned, and I know Heath had learned this too, he's played in both in Europe and in MLS. You're either ready when the whistle blows or not. It doesn't matter what your past was and it doesn't what your future is going to be. Are you going to show up when the whistle blows and represent your country and play well? And, and that's what matters. And I thought Kellen Acosta, MLS only experience, legit, uh, Aaron Long, all very, very good. And, and I think you need those players to find balance. You don't always need the big names playing the hugest clubs to be successful. And I think that's going to be a nice challenge for Greg Berhalter to find that best 11. Yeah, I'm Brendan Aronson, by the way, just moved uh, two, to Europe. Two, it's two, it's two. not like it's, it's not like he has been in Europe for so long. And by the way, a defending uh, Champions League champion uh, came from MLS. So it's, a, you know, there, there is, uh, I think people that make that argument just don't watch MLS, basically. Yeah, they don't yeah. know what they're... They've already had preconceived notions that they don't, they hate the league and everything it stands for. And blah, blah, right, blah. right, right. But it's a, it's a very good point. All right, let, let's wrap it up here. It's just uh, not on a negative, but on something to watch out for, right? They did concede a goal on, on a counter, which which was a quick counter. I think it could have been, uh, you know, any team's going to concede in different ways, Heath, but, you know, it's something to watch out for, especially once again, when you're, you're essentially playing a Jamaican side who's very much still needing uh, their key players. Yeah, and outside of the goal, by the way, there was a few chances that they, few darting runs from Jamaica that, that were dangerous. And some of those players are, are, are quite good players from Jamaica. But again, when you when you, you go back to the Yunus Musa sitting in front of that, that back four, and, and Kellen Acosta, you know, kind of allowing himself at a certain point to just sort of go freely into the attack. When you have a team that's like, okay, yeah, let them have possession. You know, you're going to face some international opponents. They're going to just sit back and go, let them have it. You know, let them get exposed, bomb two fullbacks forward and wait till they're sitting two center backs and, and maybe a six. And we're going to, we're going to execute against them and force them to have to do those things. That's a little bit worrying, right? So uh, again, I do think that, uh, that Long had a good performance. I thought that Brooks had a good performance, but against who, right? And so it's, it's those sorts of things where it's like, yeah, it's good to have a good performance against an average team, but can you actually just literally put your foot down on these games from the start, control them and not give up a sniff. Because when you look at the bigger teams, bigger club teams, bigger national teams, you know, they will go stretches. I remember playing one game against Spain and I'll make this quick. And they didn't give up anything against us in Spain, in Santander. They didn't give up anything. It was literally, they had the ball the whole game. And then we would literally try to counterattack and get to the corner flags to put something in. And I don't remember them ever being like, oh yeah, we can shut off for a minute and give up a goal. They ended up winning one nil late in the game. But those are the types of things that there are teams that will literally grind you down for 90 minutes, fully focused. And if you give them a half chance, they will finish. So you have to be able to be turned on uh, to not give up your half chances as well. So it's not something super alarming or, or something that I'm worried about, but it's something to address for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely right. All right, uh, final word before we take this break uh, on, on this game, uh, Jimmy Conrad. Yeah, we're going to win the 2026 World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> we're so good. I'm laughing. Heath, <laughs> how about you? Because we're saying goodbye to you, Heath. How about you? Yeah, I, 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 like, I'm just really excited to see this team, right? It's, it's a start. It's, just, it's, again, one of those things. Each game we get a little bit more to be like, I can sink my teeth into this. I'm going to judge this team a little bit better because the opponent's a little bit better and the team's finally coming together. But, yeah, just an ex a really, really exciting time to be a soccer fan in, in, in the U.S. Yeah, no, rightly so. All right, well, that was Arika. By the way, Northern Ireland facing Italy as we take their Dan one. Nothing. We'll see what happens there. But another game this weekend as well for the U.S. MNT. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we want to say goodbye to Heath Pierce. Heath Pierce, I hope you, you know, figure yourself out, right? Let's not get more like, you know, don't pull anything. I don't know what you need to do, but come on, take care of yourself. We need you. 
Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm realizing that I should probably be looking more into these cramps and things like that than I was before. You know, it's like starting to become a little bit of a statistic to people externally, you, aka you guys. So thank you for the uh, health and wellness checks. I'm going to go figure this thing out. <laughs> Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kigo Lasso. This was our USMNT Jamaica recap slash Weekend preview international break always uh, delivers something interesting. So Jimmy and I are going to break it down. Uh, Jimmy, I know you have some games. You are looking ahead to this weekend. What do you have for me, my man? Well, there's quite a few games, obviously, the international break. Every single day, there's like 15 to 20 games going on in some capacity. I'll just start because we just had a U.S. men's national team conversation. I'm looking forward to Sunday against Northern Ireland from their perspective, see if they can build off this result against Jamaica. And then even bigger than that, I'll be honest with you, is the USU 23s. Uh, we don't know who their opponent is yet as of this taping, but they have a semifinal on Sunday at 3 p.m., Pacific time. And I am here for it. I am super excited about this game in particular. We need to win this game to qualify for the Olympics for the first time in our last three tries. So this is so important for this group of players. We need our younger players getting as many meaningful games as possible. We need to make sure that we kind of own our region and start to do it at all levels, not just the full team, but also U23s, our U20s, U17s, all the way down, both men and women, right? So we we want to make sure we're, we're a force and that we continue to build and get better. So those, of course, are going to be near and dear to my heart. But there's some other ones that I'm paying attention to. Uh, I've got a couple lines on a few. I, obviously, with England, you know, big surprise that Trent Alexander-Arnold didn't come in. Steven Gerrard actually came out and said, uh, you know, what are they doing over there? What's Gareth Southgate doing? Like, why would he not take in Trent Alexander-Arnold? Obviously, there's some Liverpool bias there with Steven Gerrard and, and Trent. But, but I want to see how his replacements do. I want to see Reese James. I want to see how he does. And, and if that, cause that could, that could hurt, you know, if you're not playing well on both sides of the ball, that's how competitive it is for England right now. And then I want to see Germany. I want to see how they're playing under Yogi Love, uh, specifically Florian Wirtz, you know, their teenager who's in the team. And, and uh, I want to see how he does when he's playing next to Thomas Muller. Or, uh, I don't think Thomas Muller is actually in the team, but when he's playing with, you know, all these other guys that, that uh, not just no disrespect to, to the team he plays on, uh, Munch and Gladbach, but um, uh, dude, I'm all over the place, Bayer Leverkusen. But, but you know, just to kind of take that step up and see how he, like Brendan Aronson with the US, how will he do when you make him go up and play with the national team? So I'm excited about that. Uh, Italy, of course, I want to see as much Verratti and, and Barella in, in the midfield as possible. But the games that I'm looking at for lines purposes is, is Portugal taking on uh, Serbia. So they, they, they traveled to Serbia to make that happen. Portugal, got lucky in their last one. They had 67% possession 
Uh, it was against Azerbaijan. They needed a defensive error to get the 1-0 win. So I feel like, I don't know about how you feel, Luis, but Portugal has a tendency of winning ugly. Then they'll, they'll play beautiful for a game, but then they'll play ugly. I think Serbia, who had three, the, they beat Ireland 3-2. to two. Uh, Mitrovic came on in the 75th minute and had a brace to get it to 3-1, and then Ireland scored late to make it 3-2. I like this game a lot. I think that Portugal will win, and I'm going to name their lineup. You're going to be like, yeah, they're definitely going to win. And then I think that Serbia will score. I, I think they will. So I like the Portugal to win. Both teams to score plus 230. Uh, CR7 did not score. Obviously, it was, an, it was an own goal in that Azerbaijan game. So him to score, because I think he'll show up for this one. Portugal to win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, plus 340. If you like... Two zero two one or three one. That's plus three seventy five. I'll let you guys decide on that. But Portugal's lineup is sick, dude. They got Cancelo. They got uh, Ruben Diaz for Man City, right? They got Pereira, Moutinho, Bruno Fernandes, Paulo Neto, Joao Felix, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, that team is ridiculous, dude. They are so good. So I like that game a lot. I think Portugal are definitely one of the favorites to win the Euros. I don't know how you feel, Luis. No, I agree. They've won the European Championships ugly. They win ugly. They love right. to win, but they're so good and they're so resilient. It's kind of like, you know, um, we need a little bit of that in the modern game. You know, it's like we're here to win. We, I don't care what you, and that's Portugal. And by the way, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, as you as well have mentioned on HQ and myself as well, closing in on Ali Dai's record as well to see if he can do it. So I wonder just because he didn't do it in Azerbaijan against Serbia, how will that happen? But I, you always have to count Portugal for the European Championship every single time. Every you single do. time. 100%. They're just too good. They're too good. Okay, then I got two more games for you guys. One is Norway, who beat Gibraltar in their first game of this break 3-0. Erling Holland did not score, and they're taking on Turkey, who beat the Dutch 4-2. We're going to get into the <laughs> Dutch in a second, but but their 35-year-old messy of a player, Barack Yilmaz, uh, scored a hat-trick against the Dutch and very good goals. It wasn't like this, you know, little little tap-ins or anything. He scores very good goals, and uh, you love to see it. Now, we're going to get into the Dutch in a second. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of I think there's going to be goals. I think both teams will score here. Norway, though, a little bit better than people think. And same with Turkey. I could see a draw here. Both teams to score is kind of what I'm looking at, plus 320. If you're leaning towards one or the other, it's pretty much a coin flip this game. If you want, like, Norway straight up, it's plus 130. If you want Turkey straight up, it's plus 180. So you could really go any direction. I think both teams will score, so I think you should factor that in. But Erling Holland to score any time is plus 110. I love that. That dude loves to score. Martin Odegaard will be starting in this one for Norway as well. He can drop some dimes, as we know. So that's this is going to be a good game overall. I think you got two hot teams feeling pretty good about themselves with some really talented players. If you're going to circle your calendar and say, hey, I want to sit down to watch a European World Cup qualifier, Norway-Turkey is going to be a banger, I think, in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Turkey look very good. Very good. Uh, you know, uh, against, uh, I guess we have to talk about it, the Netherlands. Uh, uh, we, we do. Who once again... You know, uh, I don't think uh, follow the protocol of, 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 of reading up on somebody's Wikipedia or, or the statistics, but nobody denies what Frank DeBoer has given to the game. It's just that his resume is awful. Awful. Awful as a manager. Uh, why don't we talk about that, Jimmy, for a second? So let's talk about Netherlands-Latvia. That's who they play next. I'm really curious about this game because the Dutch look so poor. I actually put out a tweet that there's bad. And then there's Frank DeBoer bad. And it's got a ton of traction because yeah. people know it to be true. I mean, he did well at Ajax, right? I think he won four, three or four straight Eredivisie titles, right? Everything was cruising, but he had Christian Eriksen on that team, Jan Vertonghen on that team. He was 
sort of handed that squad. Like, I, I, mean, I don't yeah. want to completely not take everything sure. away, but it wasn't. Yes, go, go ahead. Well, it's one of those teams that that could coach themselves. I mean, we look back at Barcelona's great teams when Pep Guardiola got started. Let's be honest. Those guys could have coached themselves. You got Carlos Puyol in the back, Victor Valdez, Javi Iniesta. Like those guys are coaches on the field. Pep, for sure, obviously his influence was great. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I'm pretty sure Barcelona could have had a lot of the same success, even if he wasn't on the sideline. Now you can have a manager go in there and mess it up. We've seen that plenty of times, but Frank DeBoer, I think, rightfully just got out of the way and maybe maybe because that was his first introduction into managing that he just could hang back so much and let the team kind of solve their own problems that's where he's taken everything else well he went to Inter Milan was a train wreck went to Crystal Palace didn't win any games and out of eight and got fired went to Atlanta United and yes he won an open cup and he won the whatever make-believe Liga MA Keys MLS Cup, cup, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cup which, which I call make-believe because it's the first season I'm sure it'll grow in prestige as time goes on but so he wins those but you know, it's, it's, it was still a bit train wreck. He gets fired there and then he takes over Hall and everybody's like, what the hell is, what do they do? He must be amazing at interviews. That's all I want to say is Frank DeBoer must be amazing at interviews. There was a sign of life there at the end of that game between Turkey and, and Holland's where the players, I think at some point have some pride. It kicks in like, dude, we just, we got to do something here. Like we're getting run over. And Tim Krul didn't play that well in goal for, uh, for Holland. Didn't really make the saves that you need your goalkeeper to make in big games. But, but there are a lot of issues uh, outside of Tim Krul. I think this team against Latvia, who, who Latvia has never beaten Holland, never scored against them when they played, I think it'll be a, a, an ass-kicking, frankly, for Holland. And I think they're going to want to come out and set that tone right away because yeah. they did end that game against Turkey pretty well. They just didn't, they didn't start well. I think they'll start well. I think them to score fast, score early. If they score in the first, uh, first one minute to the 15th minute, it's plus 150. I think they're going to score early. I like that that value a lot. If you want to wait till the 15th, 16th minute to the 30th minute, it's plus 180. So I'll let you guys decide where you think Holland's going to score, but I think they're going to just press the crap out of Latvia, try to score that early goal, and then they can kind of chill and relax. But they need to get this win. They can't they can't be joking around anymore and, and dropping points in games, especially the ones they were hosting. Yeah, no, a very good point. I'll just say this about Frank DeBauer for a second, because uh, you tweeted that, and then I tweeted the uh, – the Oprah interview with Meghan Markle, yeah, like so the good, reaction, so like, good, so good. like, you know, like, oh my God, when I, whenever I read it, somebody's announced <laughs> from the bar. Listen, the only thing I also say about everything that you've said, which is so true, is that I also feel that whoever is hiring Frank DeBoer doesn't realize that you like that his predecessor, his philosophy is completely different. Like, what are you doing? Palace, mm-hmm. fair enough. Inter was a mess. Atlanta United, DeBoer could not be more different to Tata Martino. And in many ways, the Netherlands, he also couldn't be more different to Ronald Koeman's sort of Rhinos Michel sort of total football. It's, it's much more passive. And to your point, the only reason why they came back in that Turkey game was because the players themselves were like, we got to do something. Uh, you know, and it took some pretty special goals to get it there, but they still lost. But I agree. Listen, Jimmy, we're doing a parlay because I'm looking here, right? I'm thinking Netherlands 100% is going to lose. I mean, win, sorry. Netherlands yeah, is going to win no, no matter what. I, I totally, I'm okay, with you. Let's, let's do a parlay then. Okay. I haven't looked. If you're already looking, let's get, keep it going. I'm looking. Then so then uh, the tricky one will be in the one and second. Then Spain's playing Georgia, okay? Uh, Spain is so good, man. I just yeah, don't. They're, they're, no, they're really good. So I, I'm going to go with Spain in there too. France is playing Kazakhstan, right? So yeah. I'm adding that one. And the tricky one, just to add a little bit more value, is the one that you talked about with Romania against Germany. 
So I'm like, do you see a Germany win there? And if you do, then do we add that? And we just make it a four parlay. I mean, the other one that you could do is England facing Albania, which is, uh, you know, I would imagine that's an England win for sure. See, these are interesting uh, parlays because international fixtures, especially when you just focus with UEFA, when you have these big teams, you could gamble a little bit. I'm 100% with you. Netherlands is winning this. What about, what about Serbia, Portugal? Yeah. Oh, sorry. So that was a tricky one. Um, it, is, it is tricky. That, that's I see a tricky one. I could see it in Serbia. I could see an upset there, but I, I'm not confident about putting in a parlay. I gotcha. Um, what if you did like that one as a draw and then three wins for. Oof. That's a tough one. Yeah, I could see it. I like I like Portugal to win, but but I could okay, see. Okay, no, I, I can be persuaded. All right, so let's go all in then. So why don't we do this? All right, Netherlands for sure. It's in, right? We'll do all victories. Is, Netherlands. Are you on William Hill? It's minus sixty six hundred. Minus. You have to bet sixty six hundred dollars to win a hundred bucks on William Hill. But what if we add like three more? No, I get that. You can get it to. The positive. I just like holy crap. I've never seen that before. That is. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Forget it then. Let, let's put Portugal then. Portugal in there. Okay. Take Netherlands out. Yeah, because the lines are terrible, right? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Portugal in. Okay, Portugal's in. Okay, Germany, Romania. They can't be that bad. So France is in. Yeah. Portugal's in. Yep. And Spain is in. Is what yeah. I have. Yeah. That's pl plus one thirty-three. Okay, let's add one more that could be kind of interesting. Okay. I feel that Bulgaria, Italy could be interesting because Italy's away. Bulgaria's kind of trying to rebuild itself. Maybe, maybe Belgium over Czech Republic. Okay. What's that? Well, if I put that in, that would put us at plus 284. Not yeah. that big of a jump. Mm. So we have to gamble with one of these. We have to gamble with one, yes. Well, the part, right. I think Serbia and Portugal feels like the gamble for me. but With uh, a Portugal win, you're giving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, draw would, the draw would be the gamble. The draw would be the gamble, wouldn't it? All right, let's let's take. Okay, well, the, and I could just, see that Portugal doesn't necessarily like route anybody. They get they didn't, a goal. They didn't play, honestly, they didn't play well against Azerbaijan. And then Mitrovic gets a goal in the last second or something. I I could see it. Let's just do that. Let's just do a three teamer. All right. We'll do Spain to win, France to win, and Serbia Portugal to draw. That's plus three seventy nine. Yeah. See, that's good. I like All right. that. All right. Let's roll the dice, baby. All right, we're rolling the dice, everybody. And if you are with us, then you're with us. And if you're not with us, then let us well, let us know who you pick. Hit us yeah. up on Twitter. Yeah, Kego Lasso Pot. All right, so we got the Serbia Portugal draw, Netherlands to win. No, 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 Netherlands out. Oh, sorry, sorry. Spain to win, Germany to win. Germany to oh, no. win. Spain to win, France to win. Spain to win. <laughs> <laughs> we're so confused. This is games. I got it. I got it. I got, got it. it. You got it. Germany to win, France to win. No, no, no. Spain to win. No, no Germany's out. France, oh, okay. France to win, Spain to win, Portugal and Serbia to draw. That's it. That's it. Plus okay. 379. Leave us alone, everybody. It's been a long day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but anyway, tweet us, Pod. How did you do? But check, listen, international break is really interesting. There's a lot of things. It is. It's like the Europa do. League. Yep, absolutely. And there's also, uh, by the way, some other games all over. You just got to check it out. International break is insane. It is insane. A African Cup of Nations. Yeah. Conquer Cup World Cup qualifying. My God. Yeah, yeah. Canada's playing in that like as Cayman well. Cayman Islands. They're playing the Cayman Islands. That's where I don't know anything about the Cayman Islands other than that's where shady people have bank accounts. <laughs> you know? So it's 
That could that, be that, that, that's all I know. That's their sponsor. <laughs> that's their sponsor. Shady bank accounts is on the front of their kit. No, no, no. It's just a picture of a guy with glasses. Like <laughs> that's really mean. No, Cayman Islands against Canada, Puerto Rico against Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, there's games, man. The games, and those are important games for those guys to take that next step to get into the next phase of qualifying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's it. That's our uh, weekend uh, preview. One of the most interesting ones as of yet. <laughs> International break, man. And without South American World Cup qualifiers, it's even more tricky. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Jimmy, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? No, I can't wait to visit the Cayman Islands. <laughs> <laughs> if you get in. <laughs> if I get in. <laughs> Jimmy, thanks so much, brother. Thanks, Luis. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Gegolasso Pod. We are on Apple Podcasts. Follow us there. Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Gegolasso. We're on cbsports.com. Every time you read a piece, you should be able to listen to us right there in the article. If you need anything, please tweet us, Gegolasso Pod. Always love to hear from you. Have a great, great weekend. <laughs>